I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. It's time to saddle up and talk about the winners and the losers. This is the good, the bad, and the ugly. Now, here's the good. Hanson Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. David Locke's going to join us coming up in about 20 minutes. So we're moving up good, the bad, the ugly. It's all brought to you by Zero Res. Get three rooms of carpets cleaned. The no residue way for just eighty nine ninety five. All you have to do is call 801-288-9376. That's 801-288-9376. Or schedule online at zeroresaltlake.com or zeroresdavisweber.com. So, Hans, let's start with the good, shall we? So... Giannis Antetokounmpo is quite the piece for the NBA. He was here all through the All-Star weekend. It was fun seeing him interact. You could tell he was having a blast. Lloyd, we saw him at pretty much every event. From the Celebrity Game, he was one of the coaches at the Celebrity All-Star Game. He was. He came down for the Rising Stars game. He was everywhere, kind of becoming excellent ambassador. He is, and he's kind of becoming the face and the name of the NBA. And Scotty, he is not afraid of Kevin Durant, and he's not afraid of taking shots at some of the other big names in the NBA. Here's Giannis Antetokounmpo talking about KD. Been these people this work, Kevin Durant. Let's go. <laughs> You keep joining super teams to win the NBA title. How about, how about we work out together sometime so I can teach you how to carry your own team? Oh! <laughs> oh. How about we work out sometime so I can teach you how to carry your own team? Okay, then. First of all, that's a shot at Kevin Durant. Second of all, that's a shot at the other 13 guys on that Milwaukee Bucks roster. Because he said, let me show you how to carry another team. If I'm a teammate of his, I'm like, oh, if I'm Middleton, I'm like, oh. You did that all by yourself, huh? Oh, interesting. Huh, Giannis? So you didn't see me next to you, did you? Huh. I mean, he's not wrong, though. I mean, let's be honest. Milwaukee's not winning a title. He's not wrong, but who's that more offensive to? Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton and Brooke Lopez or Kevin Durant? Kevin Rand's going to be like, whatever. Yeah. Kevin's been hearing that talk forever. Drew Holiday, on the other hand, is like, hey. Hey, man. So I, I know this for a fact. I know it for a fact because I got it from an old jazz locker room that when Rudy Gobert would get out of line, Joe Ingles would slap him right back into line. Now, verbally, not physically. 
that Joe Ingles was absolutely a leader and a voice in the locker room to get everybody back on the same page. I wonder if Joe Ingles sits next to Giannis and says, oh, so you're carrying a team, huh? Carrying a team, are you, mate? <laughs> All by yourself out there, huh? <laughs> I could see Joe Ingles grabbing onto something like this because Joe's coming around. I, it, Joe's definitely coming around. And I could see Joe saying, hey, that's probably not the best tactic at this point. Yeah, yeah, not great. Not great, Bob. No, no, sir. All right, there's your good. Let's uh, let's get to the bad. Now the bad. So, hands imagine, you know, we got this, like, John Stockton Boulevard just outside the arena. And let's say you're driving by and you look up and you see John Stockton and it's J-O-N Stockton. Or Carl Malone Drive and it's C-A-R-L Malone Drive. It's like... Um, maybe let's not screw that up. Well, New York City Department of Transportation, uh, Miss Badley, they've got a road sign on Jackie Robinson Parkway that's spelled J-A-K-I-E, missing the C in Jackie Robinson. Jakey. Essentially, Jakey Robinson. (laughs) The sign spotted Sunday in Queens featured a picture of Robinson, Major League Baseball's first African-American player in the modern era, over the words, Jakey Robinson Parkway. It was the Interborough Parkway, renamed for Robinson in 1997 on the 50th anniversary of his groundbreaking rookie season. Okay, so um, I have I, been I have been digging and digging trying to find this. I think that that sign has been up since 1997, and nobody really caught it until now. And this is the first that we've heard or seen of it. But I could not find that that sign was placed there any later than 1997. Oh, jeez. Because the New York City Department of Transportation, they don't want to admit to anything. And so you and you read all the different stories on this, how ridiculous it is that somebody misspelled Jackie Robinson, only the greatest baseball player, the most well-known baseball player in, in Major League Baseball history, and his name's misspelled. The only thing yeah. that would be worse in all of this is that it took till 2023 to figure this out. Can you believe it? That can't be real. That's can't be a real I, story. There's Lloyd, no way. If you can find the info on this, I went through three different stories on this sign, and nothing indicated that this sign was placed there after 97, because as Scotty mentioned, it was formerly known as the Interboro, but renamed Robinson in 97, and I believe that that's when this sign was put up. How many people passed this sign in New York in a given day and saw Jakey for the better part of, <laughs> what, 28 years? Uh, no, tw- yeah, 27 years or so. Wow. It's ridiculous. Uh, yeah, that's, that's not just a miss. That's a really bad miss. I mean, a, a, a generational player who has so many accolades that uh, behind what he was able to do and what he meant to the boost of racial equality in our country and what he meant, and to have that sitting uh, misspelled for 25 years. That's a big miss. Yeah, it's a big L, have, Lloyd. Have you ever had your name misspelled on anything? Oh, all the time. All the time. But anything permanent? Um. I feel like you know of something that I'm forgetting. Stage or a uh, championship ring? 
Oh, shoot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've already blocked that out. Yeah. People misspell Gerard all the time. All Which right. is offensive to me, by the way, because I'm like, it's such an easy name. I told you to take that ring and throw it right back at him and be like, you fix this or I'll fix you. Well, who's that one clown that like left you a message that said, Gerdard, Gerdard? What do you, well, how do you was, say your name? I mean, that was Hot Rod who... Uh, no, uh, no, this was somebody else. Well, no, call, no, no. Did you just call Hot Rod a No, let's no, send somebody it down else. To Scott Lagarde. Ah! No, not Lagarde. I'm not talking about Lagarde. <laughs> he said Lagarde? Yeah. It was, look, it was the first time I was doing, uh, I was filling in on sidelines and uh, for the uh, walk-off interview, and I just barely started working on that jazz broadcast. And I'd known Hots a little bit, but, you know, we say hi and stuff. And, and I remember... As he was getting down, getting ready to send it down, and I'm like, I don't even know if Hots knows my name. And sure enough, like, let's go to Scott uh, Lagarde down there. And I'm like, yeah, he doesn't know my name. Yeah. Oh, boy. No, somebody left you a voicemail, Scott. In fact, you played it for me. I bet you still have it. Somebody like, this is for Scott Gerdard. And it was like, what? Who was it? You I, don't I, remember? I don't remember this. Uh, as, as for me, my last name gets mis- misspelled all the time. S E N or S O N. In sure, fact, yeah. Lloyd, you see what that is right there? You know that I sent no, you. So. You know, I'm bugged about this because I think that you, you don't, don't put this on me. Did you I didn't send have my name to do with this. into the All Star game? By the way, I, no, I didn't. But, I didn't and either. by the way, so I sent that picture to you, and and all of a sudden I looked at it and I was like, oh no, I'm like he is going to be so mad. In fact, I texted Scotty. I'm like he's going to be so mad. Because somebody misspelled his name, the last name. And not somebody. It's my permanent all-star credential that <laughs> gets me to every all-star game for the rest of my life for free. Uh, I'm not angry. Oh, is that not? Is that not? <laughs> I don't think that it doesn't work the way you think it works. Oh, I didn't catch it right away, but I did. I did after a second glance looking at the photo I sent you. I was like, oh, no, because I was just letting you know that the credentials were in. It had nothing to do with the last name. Being Lloyd was like, I can't find a way to make it say Hans on the credential, so let's just go ahead and misspell the last name. Yeah, instead. I'm surprised it's not H-A-W-N-S. Uh-oh, <laughs> Uh-oh Scotty's going to hit. Oh, big winner. I won. I won. I won. I'm a winner. <laughs> I won. The money is mine. <laughs> the money is mine. Oh man, um, uh, I had okay. I'll even I'll even say his name because I think he 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 needs to own it. But we I had a boss for well over a decade, Jeremy Castro, who could not spell my last name in oh, every no. email. Like ten years after I worked for him, it was always G E R R A. I'm like, oh no, Jeremy, no. Like, look. <laughs> oh, no. And at some point, you just kind of give up. You're just like, okay, well, I mean, that's how he wants to spell it. He's my boss. I guess I'm just going to let him spell it that way. I knew somebody wants to spell my name L-Y-O-D. I know somebody wants to misspell his own name. That is a blast. Hey, look, there's some conditions out there, Lloyd, that sometimes it's a problem. So we just let that go. <laughs> Did he just misspell his own name? Yeah, that those are good times. But but it it happens. I know it happens, but it shouldn't happen where it sits on a legacy highway in New York for nearly thirty years. 
Yeah. And it being Jackie the Great Robinson. Yep. Hey, by the way, uh, official breaking news here, Hans. I mean, we knew it was heading this direction, but the Eagles have now made it absolutely official. Brian Johnson is the new offensive coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles. That's great, man. That is great. That's really cool for him. Yeah, good for Brian Johnson. And, and, good for and, the University of Utah. What a great thing. And let's be honest here. If if he can, if the Eagles continue to have success, Brian Johnson's an NFL head coach here in the next five years. It is crazy because now you uh, now you're on the line. Yeah, your name is on the line. And preparing a quarterback, which he did at a high level, and he's got a long-standing relationship um, in in that area, but. Preparing that quarterback and getting that type of play out of him is one thing. Calling the plays, scripting, calling, being in the pinch, finding the play that fits the moment, and calling that play is a completely different set of responsibilities. And I'm hoping that Brian is ready for it. Because he wasn't ready for it when it was given to him at the University of Utah. And we saw how quickly that fell apart. How short-lived that was. I want Brian to have had the time and the experience to sit behind those play calls, understand why, and be able to do it himself. Because it's a tough thing. Scotty, you're taking over a high-functioning offense. You, You have a high standard to hit. Everybody expects Philly to be good for a while because they got a baby quarterback and they've got an up-and-coming offense. So I think the eyes will be on him, and he'll either be out quickly or he'll be a head coach quickly. It's going to be one of the two. Yeah, there's no in-between there. You're right. It's either you're, uh, you're back at... In the college ranks, calling plays, or you're running an yes. NFL team, oh, or you're back coaching quarterbacks. Would you yeah. rather like take over? I don't know, say a team that's maybe up and coming a little bit, or a team that just went to the Super oh, Bowl. I, I, okay, first of all, put me behind Jalen Hurts because yeah. okay, I, you yeah. know, I feel like I've got my playmaker and I can QB sneak my way to a Super Bowl. <laughs> I mean, you ain't kidding. <laughs> seven QB sneaks in the Super Bowl, and I know they ended up losing, but. Jalen Hurts squats 700 pounds. He is spectacular at what he does, and he fits Brian Johnson's mold. And and Brian has a really good understanding of what Jalen can and can't do. What he can get a first down with on a third and two, or a first down on a third and eight, or how to get in the end zone. When I get to the red zone and I'm sitting on the 15-yard line and I've got myself a second and 10 and i got to get to the three for a first or something ridiculous like that. I know the plays that I can get there with. But with with that, Lloyd, it's the expectations that sit on it. So, yeah, I, I would rather be behind Jalen Hurts and a very capable offense because I f- almost feel like I can fail and we could still win because Jalen will make some some lemonade out of lemons. But I could also get caught in the Eric Bieniemy situation where, all right, was it his quarterback or is it him? And I, I know Bieniemy was different with his head coach being the play caller, but I don't know, Scotty. It's, a, it's, it's great that he gets this label, and I think that he's set up for success. But you know what I'm saying? It's going to oh, be yeah. a really tough thing for him to do. Yeah. I mean, the old adage, NFL's not for long if you, 
if you have any element of I mean, you're riding high after after a Super Bowl. Like you were just there. Yeah. And now in Philadelphia, which is a really demanding market, they don't want to go backwards. They the, all they want next year is another trip to a Super Bowl and this time coming home with a trophy. Yeah. So and if that offense goes backwards, then there's gonna be hell to pay for yep. sure. All right, uh let's get to the ugly. And of course, the ugly. Well, this is the fallout with these boxing events, these celebrity boxing events. So we saw it all play out. Jake Paul ends up losing to Tommy Fury. But what does Jake Paul do with his social media, Scotty? He pulls out a ton of money and he starts comforting himself with the $30 million that he took away from that boxing event. He just made $30 million losing a boxing match to a guy that has boxed eight times professionally. Now, he lost, and Tommy Fury goes to <clears throat> to 9-0. and Tommy Fury is walking away with approximately $10 million. The purse was set at $5 million for Tommy, but because of the offer and the accepted offer of I take nothing and you take it all, he's taking $10 million. But Jake Paul's not taking nothing. He's taking $30 million with him. And we're we are doing this. We're the ones. It's guys like me. Now, I didn't end up buying the event. I came clean yesterday. Yeah. I didn't get the event, and I decided not to watch it. But I'm telling you right now, this weekend, I'm stuck. And you know how bad I hate John Jones. Oh, yeah. I hate him because he's got amazing potential, but he can't stay sober, and he can't stay out from behind a wheel. And he's he's done so many despicable things, and I don't want to watch it. But this guy that he's fighting is he's got more ripples than the sand when you get high tide. This guy is as big and strong and nasty as it comes. And so I'm tuning in to see if three years away from the game, if John Jones can do it. That's why the UFC keeps bringing me back. Because they get the storylines that I want. And that's what Jake Paul's doing. And you watch. Jake Paul's going to recover from this. Because... Tommy Fury's not going to be the one that's that's rounding up the next fight that's this next spectacle. It'll be Jake Paul. He'll find a way to be a spokesperson and round up the next fight that brings in another 30 to $50 million. It's just crazy what what these combat sports are able to do. I And it, it's, yeah, it is. It's guys like me that keep coming back. David Locke's going to join us next. Hans and Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. I'll have a chance to chat with David. We'll also, keep listening. We'll be giving away more jazz tickets throughout the show. It's all right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. This is Jake Scott and Ben Anderson. Jazz guard Frank Jackson. What specifically uh, does it highlight with your game when when you get that opportunity to go out there and, and make it happen? What fits so well with this jazz team? I think you know, just my last little stint in the league, it's allowed me to understand the ins and outs of the game, and feel like you know, on any team, I could compliment you know any player who's currently on that roster just by understanding the spacing and you know, that's just the nuance of the game. 
game and, and how it's constantly creating uh, new ways to exist uh, for yourself. So, honestly, with the experience I have uh, last couple of years and, you know, what I can do and what I bring to the table, I have a lot of confidence in, you know, any situation I'm put in. Here, Jake Scott and Ben Anderson every day from 10 to noon on 97.5 The KSL Sports Zone. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com Follow us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you listen. Number one. Miss any part of the show? Every moment of every show is available in podcast form by searching Hanson Scotty on your favorite podcasting platform or online at kslsports.com. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Hanson, Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Dave Locke's going to join us coming up here in just a moment. Before we do that, let's uh, give away some jazz tickets, shall we? 801-575-ZONE. That's 801-575-9663. You will win a pair of tickets. See the Jazz take on the Boston Celtics coming up on March 18th at Vivint Arena. If you want those jazz tickets, Hans, well, I mean, not you, Hans. I know you want the tickets, but if... There's a listener out there, Hans, that would like those tickets. Be calling number 12 right now. That's it. That's all you got to do. That is it. Right place, right Let's time. Let's go. Be the caller. Doesn't take a lot of effort. Um, I would tell our guy, um, Officer Brown, you do need to wait a couple more weeks, and then you yep. get back in the loop. Yep. Because he does seem to have an ability to know when to be caller number 12. She does. Is there a method to that? Do you know? Uh, if there is, I I am not aware of it. Lloyd, what's the typical like? I wonder if there is a method to it. Do you wait a second, or do you just dial and hope? Or it just seems like it'd be a crapshoot to be able to actually hit that twelfth call. Lloyd, do you actually count out twelve callers every time? Oh yeah. What do you say to the people that? I just say caller one, oh. caller two. Call her three, and I go to the next one. Click to the next. I don't like talk to them. Yeah, but do you do like you're caller number one, you're caller number six, you're caller number ten, and you're caller twelve? Why would you do something like that? I've never even heard of anything. <laughs> like that. that sounds dishonest. That does sound dishonest. Is, are, is that something you can do? Are there people well, calling? I, can, I'm just hoping that it's not something that you have done. Can we take one of these callers that's calling in for the tickets and just put them on air? Or is that would that be bad to do? I'd love to throw a couple of these random guys on. Maybe we should go through the 12 on air and be like, sorry, you barely missed it. And these people are putting in the effort. You're like, hey, you're caller number 12. No, sorry, you're 11. No, you're not. Oh, we should prank a few. That'd be pretty fun. That would be fun. 
for I'm us. I'm all for it. For us, not them. Entertaining. A uh, lot of NBA news coming out today, as Scotty just mentioned. Um, and I have been talking about Kevin Durant is making his debut for the Phoenix Suns coming up tomorrow. You've got the LeBron James news looking at two weeks out for the Los Angeles Lakers. We saw the LaMelo Ball news. LaMelo is done for the season. So a lot of NBA news going on right now, Scotty. Let's get to it. Time for our weekly conversation with David Locke. It's time to get the inside scoop on the Utah Jazz. From the play-by-play voice of the Jazz, David Locke. Sweet revenge! Presented by Murdoch Auto Group. Ow! On 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Hi, David. How are you? Hey, David. I am terrific. Yes! Love it. We get good mood, David, today. I like it. Let me wait, 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 wait. Wait, wait, wait. When do you get bad mood, David? <laughs> oh, it's happened every now and then. Not very often, but every now and then. You can get petty and vindictive, David, but you don't get bad mood, David. That was beaten out of me as a child. <laughs> oh, really? Don't have a bad <laughs> That's a personal issue. Sorry. I talked to my therapist. My bad. It's been two years since we got petty and vindictive, David. Uh, there was a, a little scuffle on air between you and Scotty a couple years ago. That wasn't a scuffle at all. I was, that was, it was know, a dust-up. It was a dust-up. Those, those little fights just bring us closer together. Yes. Come on, that's just family stuff right there. That's no big that's deal. That's right. There's a little magic between me and Scotty that you guys just don't understand. <laughs> hey, uh, are we, like, are we? Are you going to need to do now do a 40-point bell instead of a 30-point bell? Is individual yeah, scoring right? gone up so much that now 30 isn't really a big deal anymore? Well, we're not doing the 30-point bell this year because of exactly that reason. So, yeah, I do. I think I think 40 is the new 30. It's supposed to be at 30 the other way around when you get older, but maybe yeah. it is. No, it's 40 is the new 30. So, yeah. But, yeah, no, I think that's – but I also think this is really interesting. So, certainly league rules are a part – are a little bit of it. Certainly our elite talent has risen to new levels. But I actually think the main reason this is happening – is that the other four guys on the floor are so much better than they've ever been before. And what I mean by that is, like, if you take that stretch where Luca went bananas, and this probably doesn't fit the Dame as much because Houston just Houston. Uh, but if you go with when, when Luca went off for his 61 and his 50, you go back and watch those games, what was going on prior to those games was that Dallas was – torching people because they were doubling Luca every time he came across half court. And then they were swinging it around and giving up wide open threes. And Dallas's offense was churning. Well, Tom Thibodeau looked at all that film and said, well, wait a sec. And Steven Silas in Houston did the same thing. It was like, okay, well, we're not doubling anymore because they're averaging 1.2 points per possession off those. And then they don't double Luca, and Luca goes and gets... 50 one night and 60 the other. So I think a lot of what's going on is that the individual players are so good that you do feel like you got to run somebody at them and double. We're seeing more of it than ever before. But the reason – but it doesn't work that well because everybody else on the floor can now shoot. You don't have lineups like the Jazz had for a long time with Derek Favors and Rudy Gobert and two non-shooters. You, know, you can double off that, but you can't double off – 
You can't double up 40% three-point shooters and decide that that's a good math equation. Hmm. That makes sense. There's a lot of good scoring going on in the NBA. Uh, speaking of good scoring, we just got the news that Kevin Durant is going to be making his debut tomorrow night with the Phoenix Suns against, I think it's the Charlotte Hornets. I think they play tomorrow. How much attention are like, you going like, to be paying like, to so, the, so Kevin Durant's back to play the Washington Generals. That's nice. <laughs> Great timing as, as he's been out since early January. How much attention will you be paying to that game tomorrow, David? Uh, a lot. I always feel, though, you got to give it some time, right? Like, a lot, a lot, the same way, like, I've made no. Right now, Kyrie and Luka are not making each other better. No. Okay? So they're both great, so they're fine, but they're not making each other better. But I'm also, we're four, five games into it or four games into it, they're one and three or one. Like, I'm not, like, we're not going to make observations. We're not going to make declarative statements about that. So same rule on Kevin Durant. We're not going to make declarative statements on anything until, you know, a little bit, we have a sample size that's more. So, yeah, I'll watch super closely, but I'm not going to be, you know, putting a whole big bunch of uh, analysis into it. If you could guarantee 30 rebounds uh, over a two-game span, would you make sure that you get Walker Kessler that corner three at least once a game? <laughs> is that what the trade is now? Yeah, that's what um, it seems like. Yeah, uh <laughs> I, I wouldn't give Walker Kessler that corner three too many times. I think the Brooke Lopez, Jonas Valanciunas uh, route to expanding his game is the right approach. I wouldn't get too carried away with it yet. That so, no, bl- I, would that... Tell, I, would t- I would tell Walker Ross Kessler that 15 rebounds a night is his job, and he can go take his corner three and, you know, <laughs> but it's somewhere else. I do love that you have a coach, though, that's like, you know what? Let's have some fun with him. You know, he busted his butt. He's had a fun year. And you know what? First play of the game, let's go out and let's get him something just just to throw the kid a bone for fun, you know, after the All-Star break and stuff like that. I mean, you know, there's a lot of really stuck-in-the-mud, angry, you know, callous coaches out there. And for for Will Hardy to say, yeah, you know what? We, we uh, He begged for it. We, uh, we threw him a, an opportunity knocked it down. I, I just think that's fun. We don't see that a lot now. I was in Atlanta before the game in the locker room talking to the players and Will Hardy, like he'll kill me for this, but like skipped through the locker room. Like I don't really have another way to say it. He wasn't running. He wasn't walking. He was kind of skipping through the locker room and he kept saying funds underrated in the NBA funds underrated in the NBA. And it was like, that's what this guy is trying to get across to everyone. Like you dreamed to play in this league. You hoped at all ends of the world that you'd end up playing in the NBA. You're here now. Like, enjoy it. Let's have some fun. This is supposed to be awesome. And that's what has been the unique aspect to Will Hardy um, in kind of the culture he's trying to build around this. You know, fun is underrated in the NBA. And that is true because there are not a lot of guys having fun. Hmm. David, is there a chance we start seeing some strategical resting by the Utah Jazz? I know Clarkson is out tonight. Sexton is out tonight, if I'm not mistaken. Do do we start seeing certain guys maybe out for certain games through the rest of the season? I I, I don't don't think so. Um, I mean, I think you're going to make sure the guys are healthy, but I... Well, so I don't. What is strategic resting? 
I guess actually, let me back up. I'm not sure I understand what I'm not answering. That's a tough one to, to place. I, I guess I threw it as a broad statement, but I would say in an effort to maybe get something that you want more or position yourself, and maybe there is no strategical positioning by the Utah Jazz, which would make that statement null and void, but if there's something that they're looking for, would would they potentially have a guy or two miss a game or two? So if we're talking about, like, if we're trying to dance around the idea of tanking here late in the season, we just have done nothing all season long that, like, if we wanted to take, we could have traded Jordan and Kelly Olenek for second-round draft picks on draft day. Like, we just could have done it. Like, there were, there were offers out there. You could have done it. So if we had wanted to go lose 20 of our final 22 games for the purpose of getting in better draft position, the front office could have done that, and they chose not to. So I would be surprised if they chose not to then that we would suddenly choose to do it for the purpose of tanking. If Jordan Clarkson's banged up, and he says he's banged up, and I have Ochai Abaji, who I'm trying to, you know, and Jordan's banged up. Like, okay, then Jordan, you sit down. And we're going to let Ochai really, like, let it rip a little bit yep. tonight and see what he's capable of doing. And that's a positive night for us. But I don't think you're going to Jordan and saying, hey, we just don't want you to play tonight. And, I don't and, think we're there. And I was saying that, too, David, in terms of what you just mentioned. Really, it's a looking at the youth and just taking a look at this roster because – you know, as, as we're starting to see, there are guys that are on 10 days that are, are showing great stuff like Chris Dunn. And m- maybe you need to get those guys on the court. And m- maybe you need to take a better look at Ochai or even Udoka. Who knows? But I'm, so, like, I'm wondering I'll, 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 if there's some strategical movements I'd, there. Yeah, I'd go the other way on this. I just don't think there is, actually. Okay. Like, Ochai and like, and, and here's, like, somebody said to me the other day, like, we should be losing these games. And I was like... Okay, and, like, what do you want us to do? Like, we're playing Walker 30, and we're playing Ochai 28, and they're our rookies, and we're closing games with them. Yeah. So, like, what do you want to do? Like, what is it What is it you're – when you say we should be losing games, like, what is it you're looking for? But what is – what is? how do you want to do that? You want to play Doak, like, 42 minutes a night just to see, like, how bad it can get? Like, come on now. Yeah. We're not, like – we're not a farce. So, I don't really know what someone's – when someone says that, I'm not entirely sure what it is they're really wanting to see. David Locke, he's the play-by-play voice of the Utah Jazz joining us. So, David, I'm, I'm looking at potential team-building opportunities here for the Jazz for the future. Kind of curious to see down the line, maybe Kobe White, uh, maybe you, Otto, I, I can, Otto I can Porter, hear your voice. Yeah. Zach Levine. <laughs> I, knew, I knew you were up to something. Um, hey, there used to be an old rule in the NBA. I probably shouldn't tell this story. All right, David's going to tell a little inside scoop story that's going to get me in trouble, but it's kind of fun. So let's, let's just go. do it anyway. So there used to be a little joke in the league, like find a pl- find a player that Luke Walton coached and trade for him. Go look at it. By the way, it's unbelievable. Really? Okay. Yeah. Go look at go look at the Lakers teams that Luke Walton had, and then go look at the Kings teams Luke Walton had, and look at the players and what they've done after they were coached by Luke Walton. So, is there a legitimate argument after watching what we've watched that maybe we should go acquire any player that was ever coached by Jim Boylan? Maybe. Maybe Jim Boylan <laughs> is the new Luke Walton. Because, you know, you got marketing, and now you got Chris Dunn blowing up, and so maybe right. Otto Porter, yeah. you know, let's let's go down the list I mean, here. There are certain styles of coaches. The, the irony on the Luke Walton thing is I actually think it's really unfair to Luke because 
if there was a criticism to Luke as a coach, it was probably lack of structure. Like he was a pretty players coach that kind of let it rip a little bit and they played at, they tried to play a super fast tempo and they were a great transition team and all those like all those things usually lead you to having like player success and I'm not sure like so I actually think that's a little bit unfair um and but it is true like Lonzo Ball D'Angelo Russell Julius Randle Tyrese Halliburton like keep going like how many um how many players do you want me to mention that are there? So yeah, Larry Markkinen, uh, Chris Dunn, and yeah, maybe maybe we should go find some other Chicago Bulls players that got their careers dismantled by playing in Chicago. But in all seriousness, though, on Chris Dunn, uh, look, he's the uh, you know fifth overall pick, uh, tremendous college career. You know, you you got him on uh, on a ten day. Is this just an aberration, or is there something here that you can build on? So, uh, I think everything you just said is true. Well, actually, I know everything you just said is true. He was the fifth pick of the draft. Yep. He did play four years in college. He just went and shot 42% of the G League from three. Like, if I'm a GM and I've got all the things on Chris Dunn, and the biggest weakness is the fact that he's a 29% three-point shooter, and he goes and drops 42% in the G League, you know what I'm doing? I'm signing him to a 10-day. And then I get him for a second 10-day, and I'm probably extending him for the rest of the season. The real question on Chris Dunn, and I don't quite know how this works, but I do actually think there's a possibility because the Jazz still has some cap space that they could actually play around if they want him to be a part of the team next year and sign like a two-year deal that gave him some sort of a bonus for the rest of this year that he wouldn't get otherwise. And so there, there is that. I, I'm a little I, – I like sample sizes that are bigger than two. Yeah, yeah. And I like sample sizes that are against um, teams that records are in the top ten in the NBA. All right. That's fair. Well, David, we How got was that. How is that? You know what that is, Scotty? Scotty, I need a moment. Hands, excuse me. Scotty, and I need a moment. Scotty, did you hear the maturity, the development, the progress that I've made in my career right there? It's pretty impressive, David. I mean, really. That was a lot of restraint. Just getting better every day. Yeah. 52 years old and still developing, I tell you. Just not a pompous ass anymore. That's really all it is. Well, yeah, some days are better than others, but you know. Yeah, okay. So it doesn't go out. It just doesn't go all the way. It just gets muted a little bit. <laughs> so, David, you got this one more home game, and then you're headed out on this six game road trip. Talk about this road trip that's coming up for you. Can the I'm so mad at the NBA. What's this no back to back thing? I know, right? Game every like, other day. Like, what's this no back to back thing? Like, I, player health, player smells. Like, I want back to backs. I want to come home. Like. I mean, it's the weirdest road trip. I was talking to a friend today. Like, there's more dead time on this road trip than I've ever seen. Like, it's just, I mean, it's a little bizarre, frankly. But, um, you know, it's a, from a basketball standpoint, things are interesting. I heard you guys talk about the LeBron injury. Like, he's out for two weeks. You know, we play them two of our last four games of the year. Our next two games against Oklahoma City, they've lost three in a row. I can't quite figure out what they're doing. I mean, they did – rest or Shea didn't play and like if Shea doesn't play here for a little bit like we play them in one of our last four games are they suddenly out of it like the Jazz need to if, if the Jazz are going to make the play and they got to get to 41 games um, and it'd be so great to have a 
you know, series against Denver and get to watch Jokic in the playoffs, it'd be amazing. So, we, you know, if we can get that, that would be, it'd be like talking about Walker Kessler getting an education. Oh, yeah. Um, and, you know, short, easy flights to get to Denver. So, you know, that's not a complaint there either. But um, I, I think the, you know, if we could, you know, we're going to need 41 wins to probably get into the play-in tournament. Um, and so you've got to go find them, right? So there's three, two more against San Antonio. And, well, suddenly if the Lakers don't have LeBron and they shut everything down, is that two right there? And then Charlotte coming up, that's five. And then San Antonio or Oklahoma City, can you get one of those two? That's six. And can you find a way to go, you know, get another four or five wins along the way and get to 41? And then all of a sudden you've got a real chance to play in a play-in. And calling a playing game would be awesome. That would be fun. So this is all about, as is usually the case. little NCAA this, tournament feel to it. Yeah, there you go. That's right. Yeah. Hey, I mean, I, some people might some people might disagree, but I think this is all about me. Uh, Lloyd's barking at me to go to break, but I, I'd be remiss if we didn't ask you, uh, what are your expectations? Atlanta eight seed, Quinn Snyder gets thrown to the mix near the you know with twenty games left. What are your expectations for Quinn over these twenty games? Two comments. One, this is the weirdest thing I've ever seen, knowing Quinn as well as I do. He's about culture. He's about structure. He's about the little minor details that lead to the big picture. For him to jump in in the middle of the season is about as contrary to his personality, everything I've ever seen about him. I'm, I'm like flabbergasted. Second thing is the big loser in this deal is San Antonio because they have Atlanta's picks in, I think, 2026. <laughs> 2025 and 2027 from the DeJounte Murray trade, and those picks will not be good because Quinn Snyder wins basketball games. There he is. That's David Locke, play-by-play voice of the Jazz. David, enjoy that road trip, man. Talk to you soon. Thanks, David. Hands, hands I, I love you, too. You didn't need to go away for that long. <laughs> I know, brother. I was just here. How, how just... are my cinnamon gummy bears? Oh, oh, oh yeah, we, we, yeah, about that. Uh, yeah, about that. Well, let me just tell you, it was a great recommendation, David. They're so good. (laughs) Some some are going to find their way. You can just decide. When I bring you Pretty Bird for my thank you for trade deadline, you can decide whether you should eat it or not. Or whether it might be tainted. But no, don't worry about it. I'm going to get these cinnamon bears to you somehow. This one. No, I don't want them after you've had them. (laughs) David, I'm looking at the bag. It's not appealing. I mean, I like coffee, but I'm not into like that kind of coffee. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, David. We'll get, we'll we'll make it right. We promise. We'll try. There we go. I forgot about those cinnamon bears. Man, he does not forget much, does he? No, nope, nope, not at all. All right. Coming up next, Whole World News. Uh, Straight ahead, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. This is this is DJ and PK. Ken Pomeroy joins us, KenPom.com. We had on a Pac-12 guy, Sean O'Connell, who played at the U. One eternity later. Is there any level in there if you drop a line? Does it really matter in the NCAA? That is a terrific question. I don't know why it took you five minutes to get to it, but a great question. I, I mean, I was channeling my inner Gordon Monson, but I thought, Ken, I thought, you know, this is such a whale of a question that I'm going to milk it. I'm going to milk me some me time. The beauty of that was in the middle of whatever that was before the question that PK was saying, the me time, Jake Hatch, just to me, said, this is Gordon Monson territory. We couldn't believe it when you two both went there. We enjoyed that a lot. So thanks to both of you. Good no, I knew I was going, but I was comfortable with it because I knew the payoff was going to just be phenomenal. Oh, man. You know, how you hanging on? Where are you? I'm in uh, San Bernardino right now. <laughs> 
Catch DJ and PK. Mornings from 6 to 10. Presented by Murdoch Hyundai. Utah's number one Hyundai dealer for 16 years in a row. On 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Hans Olsen, Scott Gerard, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Hans Lloyd says we got to go quick here, so a quick edition of Whole World News. Well, I don't know if this is a story that we should hurry up because I think it's pretty incredible. And it may come in handy for guys like you and others that are on the road for long periods of time. No, Lloyd, stop it. Stop it. Scotty's not in the mood. Lloyd. You are looking live at the stadium. <laughs> getting you ready for today's game. Broadcasting from T-Mobile Arena. Um, so, Scotty, this is pretty impressive. China has developed a remote kissing device. It's designed to allow long-distance lovers to share kisses via a cell phone app. Can you not say wait, lovers? <laughs> wait a minute. So you, you're making out with your cell phone? No, 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 no. It comes with, it's only 40 bucks. It's $41. And it comes with a, it's silicone lips. And Jeez. it's about the size of, I guess, a, a, if it was a maybe a bigger phone, a bigger smartphone. And the the lips kind of extend, the silicone lips kind of extend from the phone. And you actually put the silicone lips up to your face and your lover on the other part of the app presses kiss. Can you not say lover? And the silicone lips. That's what I'm saying. Can we stop kiss. saying lover? <laughs> huh? I'm trying to explain how you can kiss your loved one while you're not there and you're on the road. Um, these silicone lips replicate the pressure, the movement, and the temperature of your significant other's kiss. And um, and and there and it corresponds with their movement on their device. So how did they determine that? Like what? How did they figure out what your lips were like? Well, they they do that through the app. So when you're dialing into the app, you say, you know, I want it at my let's say my wife's lips run hot, so I want it at a hundred. Are you taking lovers' walks? <laughs> Lava. Why do you guys hate when I use the word lover? It just seems a little creepy. Every time uh, I, every time I, lava. I don't. Know, maybe, maybe if you had a pair of those lips, that we wouldn't have had to come back so fast from Nebraska. Could have stayed over halfway. So in due time, eh, lava. So this is a a quote from the creator. He said, in my university, I was in a long distance relationship with my girlfriend. Sure he was. That that girlfriend was made up. Some guy that's developing this has never kissed a real life girl in his life. I guarantee it. It's like, oh, yeah, my girlfriend who lives in Canada. Yeah, sure, buddy. (laughs) Sure there, Todd. Yep. Yeah, I'm sure she's real. He said, so we only had contact with each other through the phone. That's where the inspiration of the silicone lips came from. His name is Zhang Zolin, and he led the creative device, uh, the, the team of to, to create the device. And again, it's only 41 bucks. You can find it at 
Teo Bell shopping Find it online. My girlfriend doesn't exist. dot com. <laughs> would you? Okay, no. Honest. No. Would you no. ever have this kissing device? No. In this? No. Absolutely not. Do you not miss your wife's kiss I do, while you're but on I'm the not going to make out with some fake lips, man. <laughs> Are you taking lovers' walks? <laughs> oh, boy. I don't know, man. I might look into this thing. I'm, I'm not sure you lie. might. I'm sure you might, yeah. Because I do miss, I miss the kiss. Well, all right, Hans and Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Uh, Quinn Snyder is the new head coach of the Atlanta Hawks and is taking over the team midseason. Brad Rowland's going to join us next to talk about what that means and how that all came together next. 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold season three, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.